Hello everyone, I am back again with another podcast. Today I will be talking about the evolution of the spear over time, kind of discuss how the spear became the weapon that we now know it is. So for starters, I'm just going to real quick start off with a definition of what I believe, what I consider a spear, and what is quite usually considered a spear. A spear is a pull weapon with a sharp point that is either used for throwing or thrusting. I'm going to focus mostly on thrusting or stabbing spears as opposed to throwing ones because they can have similar designs, but I'm going to focus stabbing ones are the one I'm going to try to focus on. The spear was originally a sharp... I'm going to talk about the quick history, then kind of how they develop at the same time. So spears is probably one of the... is one of the first weapons devised by man. However, at first, spears were just sharpened sticks. It wasn't until... And at first, they were mostly used as thrown weapons. It wasn't until later that they would add... stone, and then later metal heads to them. And they became thrusting weapons over time... As the military practice would evolve, instead of being like small individuals and masses, spears are very well suited for mass kind of groups because you can do with phalanxes. You can mass people together and have a shield wall with spears or spikes, pikes, and various sharpened pull weapons because you can get some distance. And if you go in a group, you can cause chaos. You can just punch through people's lines. So spears are very good for like organized warfare. And at first, we would see um, smaller spears used by various groups. In fact, the Sumerians would use them as early as around 3000 BC, so spear warfare is not exactly a new concept. It has been along with humanity for a lot of our existence. The Kikus actually built on this concept, which I find interesting. They would use pikes, which are essentially a spear that is somewhere from, like, longer. For example, Greek pikes could range from 6 to 9 feet. And then later, Philip II of Macedonia would introduce something known as the Sarissa. This is a pike that ranged anywhere from 13 to 21 feet. This gave the Macedonians a massive advantage, as they could have a much longer reach. So while the Greeks are trying to get them, the Macedonians can get there like much earlier, and therefore they are much more protected. Another thing that's beneficial about the spear is that, with a spear, you can keep distance. It's not like a sword where the person can be right up on you. With a spear, you keep them away from you, which can make it harder to kill you. However, they can also be a disadvantage. Because if someone gets past your spear, it's very hard to fight with it in close quarters, making it much more difficult to defend yourself up close. Now we'll talk about the next kind of major spear. So this is going to be kind of like a podcast on both evolution and the spear throughout time. The Romans would use something known as the pylum, which is this heavy javelin of about 7 feet, which could be used for both throwing and thrusting, which is very interesting, as it is kind of a very versatile weapon that let them hit and hit and throw very useful and these would be considered and these would evolve over time another thing to note earlier throughout history we would see a broader spearhead over time however as armor evolved we'd also see an evolution in the heads of spears from a more broadened point to a thinner point this is because the thinner point lets energy be concentrated into a smaller space, and this allows armor to be pierced much easier. So over time, we see a shift in the design of spears to let them be able to pierce armor. So at first, with like light armor, bigger spears, more broadened heads, but with plate armor and chainmail, we'd see thinner spears just because a thin spear can concentrate the force, as I already said, and breaks armor. I'm going to kind of talk about like spears throughout history. Spears were used, have been used were continued to be used after the Romans through a large period of the Middle Ages. A thing to note, during the during the medieval period, mountain knights would rely heavily 
on spears for earlier cavalry rushes in an entire form of jou- game known as jousting, which you probably all have heard of, was centered around horse, basically horse spear combat. And tactics would keep evolving. A thing to note, in addition to being used by cavalry, spears were also used as a form of anti-cavalry defense. Because a spear, if you put up a spear wall by getting enough men together, the horses are not going to want to go into it, so you can scare off and keep horses away from you and protect yourself from cavalry. A thing to note, spears are definitely a better weapon in a group just because a spear wall is something terrifying with a lot of implications and defenses that can protect people quite easily from attacks and from other things. Another thing we're going to talk about is the evolution of spears from pikes and simple spears to something much more complex, like a, such as halberds and pole axes. A pole axe is basically a spear with an axe on it. This was much more useful because in addition to having a pointy thing, you can hack, hack, hack. I'm much more versatile. I can stab or if someone's clean closer, or just like if I have a better opportunity instead of poking them, I can slash them which is going to have benefits because more versatility means it's much better. Then even later, we'd see something much more elaborate, a.k.a. the halberd. This is a combination spear. We have a point, then an axe thing with cleaving and a hook, which could be much more useful as well. The reason this is good is because this is a great anti-cavalry weapon is because first we have a spear to scare off horses, a blade now, which you can use to cleave down and cut down people, and a hook, which you can often use... A hook was very useful because you could hook someone, pull them off their horse, where they'd be vulnerable on the ground, then you could finish them off. thing to note, during this period, the Swiss were actually masters of pike warfare, and they would combine this with gunpowder, too. However, the spirit truly has never did not die, because, over time, guns would be adapted into the spears, or as, like, a rudiment, not like a rudimentary, but like a somewhat simple spear through the use of the bayonet. At first, people had plug bayonet, which would block up the barrel of the gun. However, having not being able to shoot while you were using your bayonet is understandably not exactly a good idea because all of a sudden, once you go into melee combat mode, you have zero range capacity, which is not good sometimes because now someone's like 30 feet away from you. They can shoot you and you can't shoot back. So eventually, the socket bayonet was invented. This slips over your gun. And this way you can have a bayonet and shoot. And bayonet warfare will be used. We all know about the bayonet charge, which was a phenomenon earlier in what would die out over time, but we would see it used during the Revolutionary War and other conflicts of that period. The bayonet still exists and was still used pretty late, even past World War II in some instances. But now today, bayonets are not as useful just because of the way things are. But there's still a few instances of them being used and they still are carried around by soldiers. So I'm going to kind of summarize it. So over time, we see a transference in the materials used, traditionally from just simple wooden hardened, fire hardened wood poles, to then to stone headed spears and then even metal spears. So we see that over time, people learn how to use better technology and better like tools and materials to make better spears. In addition to this, with the advancement and development of like more advanced armor forms, we see a shift from broader spears that were more meant for hacking and slashing and to um, smaller spear for smaller pointed spears with emphasis on stabbing to allow for better penetration of armor. Another trend we see is that spears would become more popular with more group-focused tactics because you could form spear walls, which could allow you to break un- enemy legions before you, or with e- 
And we also see that with the advancement of these phalanxes and other shield formations and just group formations, we see that over time, they'd focus on expanding or lengthening the spheres oftentimes. For example, from the Sumerian to the Greek to the Macedonians, we see an advancement in length. That way, they could have advancements over other people using the same tactics. So we see that when everyone is a spear formation, it forces people to adapt and offer at least the bigger spears or better spears. The Romans would also use spears, but they would also use them as a form of javelin. I think to note also, over time, spear throwing would advance too. Instead of just simple hand launching, I believe they'd use something which I believe is pronounced at lateral. I don't know if that's exactly how it's pronounced, but it's a form of spear thrower, and they'd use other devices to better launch them to get more momentum. The thing to know is that over time, the spear itself and its design would evolve. We'd go from simple spears to halberds and poleaxes. A poleaxe would be like a... That way they could get more versatile. And everyone, thanks for listening. This was a quick history of spears.